0: Ramble
1: Good morning everybody Uh, Welcome to You Can Sit With Us All you cutie booties out there We're live Um, We're live We're live in studio (laughs) We are live in studio It feels so real It feels so wonderful I'm so happy to see you guys I know Yeah Uh, We're missing Becky today um, but still be back. Mm-hmm. Um, today we are actually filming this, filming slash recording this on International Women's Day. Woo-hoo. it's a very special day. Yeah. as international women, <laughs> you know, we're very local women this <laughs> like, year. But we I would love to
0: be international. Oh, I gosh. I
1: truly wish we were international women. But we thought, what better day to share a uh, a very very special. Um, an intimate story that um we have been wanting to share for a while. um, Rachel's cancer story. yeah, I mean, this is this is something that you've hinted at a little bit. i I have heard parts of the story. Um, I think Maggie's heard parts of the story as yeah. well. just being friends with you. I, yeah. I I think it's a pretty important part of your life. And um we are so excited to 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 hear about it and to share it with you.
0: Yeah, to share it with the people. To share yeah, it with the people. The people. Well, let me start. <laughs> let me paint a picture. Um, well, how it's all started was is I was at a friend's house in upstate New York. You yeah. know how in your mid-20s you just go to your friend's parents' houses? Yeah, absolutely. So my friend's parents had a very nice house with a pool in upstate New York and I just sort of rolled over and I felt under my arm a lump in my breast and i just kind of like was like huh is that what i think it is
1: uh huh no did it did it hurt did it uh
0: uh-uh. uh it was but it was very clear it was okay it was like i felt it with my arm i had my boyfriend feel it and i just like but it was saturday and we were in upstate new york and everyone was partying and i not, was yeah. just like okay, well, we'll deal with this later. We'll deal with it the next day. Yeah, I actually did this very funny thing, which was the next day was Sunday and we were still there and everyone's like playing beer pong in the backyard or whatever. And I went to the pool and I laid on a float and I like looked up at the trees in Hudson, New York. And I thought, like, is this the before and after of my life? Like, it was like I was in my own movie, like my own indie movie. Like, the drone pans out, the little Wes Anderson float in the pool. (laughs) And I was, like, listening to the other, like, all of our friends, like, because I didn't tell anyone but my boyfriend. I was listening to, like, all of our friends, like, having a good time. I was like, is this it? Like, I just had, like, a dramatic moment. Turns out it was it, but I... (laughs) I'm, I thought I was just playing into it. Had you been like hammered into as like a young girl to give yourself like the self-breast exams and I never know we learned how to do that in like middle school sex yeah, yeah, yeah. ed, but I wasn't doing that. Yeah. And, and also for all of you listeners out there, I had very large breasts. I know teen. you wouldn't know that now, but they were like Huge! Really? <laughs> I had huge boobs. Yeah, they were really big. I I mean, I wore like a thirty-two double D.
1: Wow! Wow! Yeah, bra. I had big boobs. Yeah. That's um, that is actually my size. Wow! And I I th- I don't consider them like you know huge, but then when you when you actually think about like the bra, they're size, pretty
0: big. And like I'm just
1: pretty petite, so they looked really yeah. big on me. Yeah. Um. I I have only known you. Since after. Yeah. And so I would never have, have guessed. No. Never have guessed. Perfect. That is so funny. But you're gonna notice lumps less
0: easily. East, right. Because right? you have thicker tissue. Also at this point I'm twenty four. Right. So the tissue's really dense and young mm-hmm. breast. Um but no, I wasn't checking myself. Yeah. Like, I mean,
1: I was like I also wasn't flossing
0: every day, you know. You know.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hardly brush my teeth every day. <laughs> I, know. I would go to bed drunk and like <laughs> yeah. I'd be like I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. <laughs> do it tomorrow. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to brush my teeth tomorrow. <laughs> and and did you have any family history?
0: A little. Um But not directly. I have an aunt who had uh, breast cancer and also brain cancer who died really young, a paternal aunt. Um, And I had some like colon cancers in older family
1: members, but Mm -hmm. it's not like my mom or my sister had it. Right. So it's not something that like you were going to the doctor for and they're like, have you been checking? No. Yeah. No.
0: And I barely had... I didn't even have health insurance at this point because I had just stopped being being a nanny. Or I was actually still a nanny at this time. Okay. And then I was about to start teaching school in August. And uh-huh. this was just a few days before my birthday, which is in July. So I was sort of like transitioning. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, so I go back to the city, and I don't know where to go because I'm uninsured. I live in New York City. Oh, my gosh. Um, I don't have insurance, I'm a nanny, and I'm about to be a teacher, Um, and so I go to Planned Parenthood, Uh Um, and I actually saw a woman there who was, uh, she went to the same college I went to, Mm -hmm. um, and we were chit-chatting, and she was like, oh, it's a, I'm not going to say it right, a fibroadenorma, she was like, it's a fibrous lump, Mm -hmm. it should go away with your next period. They say that a lot of the times, like when wow. young girls are, mom, I feel something. They usually mm-hmm. say it's just like regular tissue or like development like that. Did you think, was that the first thing that came to your mind when you
1: no, rolled over I was at like, friends?
0: Oh my God, it's cancer. Yeah. That's what I thought. But I was like holding that thought at bay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know how in like scary situations you're like, okay, well, it could be that. Or it could be a whole right. host of shit that I don't know about that's like a lot less scary. Right, yeah. so, right. Like here
1: I am at you know, at my friend's house. Yes, I'm twenty
0: yeah. four. Twenty four is like so I'm not young. gonna stress out about this no. right now. No. Yeah. 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 So they tell you you're fine, what Go happens home. next? So I was like, well, that doesn't seem like enough. Yeah. (laughs) That doesn't seem, she just like felt it. I was like, that's not enough. Yeah. So I found a clinic up in Harlem or the Bronx called the Ralph Lauren Clinic. This clinic would do a biopsy if you were uninsured, like whatever. And I literally am like standing with my coffee and my cell phone. I'm like talking to my boyfriend. I'm in the Bronx on like a Tuesday morning at 8 a.m. or something. And I witness a car hijacking right in front of me. Oh, this my. van is parked what? at the stoplight. This guy runs up. He starts banging on the side. Another guy gets into the passenger side. He holds a gun up to this guy. The what? driver what? gets out. They take the van and speed off. And I was like have to go oh my <laughs> god i have to go get a that's what they here. mean when they say car hijacking <laughs> jesus i thought it was like someone's out at the like, gas station like, and there just- are people out of their bodegas like sort of looking and i was like i have to get inside somewhere <laughs> i'm not oh. safe harlem yeah. is very different now but yes. yes yeah i think this was actually the bronx because oh, then okay. i eventually end up at harlem ha- hospital but i go i find the place I tell them I witnessed a car hijacking. They're like, oh, really? And (laughs) they do uh, a needle biopsy, which is a fine needle aspiration. Mm -hmm. So they take kind of like a pretty normal-sized needle and take a part of it. I wait however long, however many days till the lab comes back, and they say inconclusive.
1: Inconclusive. Yeah. Hmm. So they didn't get like a good sample or they needed more who knows so what then does
0: that even i what does that it could even mean, mean a lot of Make things inclusive yeah yeah. but that wasn't not good enough that okay. wasn't what i was looking for yeah. so then i at this point it's like august basically i haven't told anyone in my life that i found this okay what month did you find and then what? july july august okay because i just don't want to worry everyone Right. Yeah. um and i find a clinic in harlem that sees people for things that diagnose diseases every Thursday, and you go every Thursday and you take a number and you wait like nine hours and you hope to be seen. And they do all sorts of stuff. And this is for people who are uninsured.
1: How wow. long did it take you to find these places yeah. that, I mean, that like accept uninsured people mm-hmm. to you know like they know. they only take people on Thursdays? You're completely out of your i like, completely neighborhood. Yeah. You're out of your, how do you find places i mean i don't know i guess i
0: was just looking online i think my boyfriend was helping me um and i started this new job in august at a teaching at a new school and i had to be like but on thursdays i have to leave but he didn't really want to tell them why and they were like we just it would literally be like if i hired you today and you're like but i need friday off you'd be (laughs) like um excuse me uh (laughs) as a teacher that's kind of a hard right right luckily in august we were just prepping oh okay that's good okay so I go to this clinic and I wait and I wait and they do a mammogram and I wait and they're asking me all kinds of strange questions like, do you smoke cigarettes? I don't. Are you sure you don't smoke cigarettes? No, I really don't. Do you have family history? I, sort of. Um, I do this mammogram. I went one week, nothing happened. I went another week, I got a mammogram. I went another week and they did a biopsy. And mm-hmm. basically, I met this radiologist doing the biopsy who took me under her wing. She wow. like was like, you remind me of my daughter. We're going to do this biopsy. She also ordered an MRI. We do the MRI. Um, and I go another week to get my results. So we're now like almost into September. I'm doing this every Thursday. And um, you basically,
1: you had to have a physician like, kind of take you on. Right. Being instead
0: uninsured of, instead of just in like, America is so scary. Instead Ugh. of
1: just normal care.
0: Yeah. You know, wow. And so there was this one time I went and I my number didn't get called. And so I just went up to the lab in the hospital and I knocked on the door and I was <laughs> like, do you have my lab results? And this lab technician comes out and he brings me into this room with all these microscopes and he's like, sit down, sit down. So do you have family history? Are you oh, a smoker? He's asked me all gosh. these things. And you can tell he's so nervous. I'm like, can't you just tell me the results of the biopsy? And he's like, visibly tech. sweating. He's a tech. He's not a doctor. He's not allowed to. And he, yes. he like, well, sit down, sit down. And then finally, he's like, you really have to talk to your doctor.
1: Oh, <laughs> and you're like, so my doctor doesn't have time. My doctor,
0: <laughs> I'm not getting seen. So finally, I start texting this radiologist. And on Labor Day weekend she is like, come in on Saturday morning, come in on Saturday morning, bring your boyfriend. And by this point, like, I knew.
1: Yeah. Of course.
0: It's so weird. Like, the lab tech almost told me, like, I'm going round and round. It's been two months. I've been tracking it down. And finally, they told me, yes, it's cancer. Hmm. And actually, the radiologist then drove me in her little convertible sports car back to my apartment after that. Oh my <laughs> it was so, like, so the way one- I got diagnosed was so weird yeah. because I just had to, like find resources right and And it seems like she was just doing this pro bono and she just really was taken by you she
1: would i think i reminded her of her daughter i mean rachel you are a very (laughs) kind person and and like you know just i can i can see how how this sort of played out in that you really had to work to get the care that that you deserved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you imagine know. if you had
0: less resources than I did. Oh, yeah. I know. Less access to internet, less time to look things up. Less time less to, c- just, to just wait at the... Yeah. If you had kids or your job wouldn't let you off, there were like so
1: a hundred
0: people in that clinic every Thursday. Yeah.
1: Or if you weren't like like an exceptionally nice person, you know, like even if you're not a nice person, you still deserve to be treated for (laughs) for medical things. I have a lot to say about healthcare. Yeah, Yeah. we won't say it all. I mean,
0: I'm sure you do too, but like, I mean, being both in like working and being a patient, like I've had my fair share of experiences where I have to kind of speak up more than I would like to. I'm not telling people to be a pain in the ass, but. I'm telling you that everyone should ask questions, right? Everyone, because when you go home, your healthcare team is not following you home. You are responsible for asking questions and making sure you understand what's going on. And if something doesn't feel right, then I implore you to go seek a second, third, fourth opinion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. So I got diagnosed and I'm still uninsured for like 60 more days at this point until I've reached like 90 days at my job. So I just start doing all of the prep work for surgery and chemotherapy and whatnot for when I will be insured. So that involves going to public hospitals and doing different scans, doing bone scans, mm-hmm. doing full body scans. They're basically looking for additional tumors. Yeah. and this becomes important later in the story maybe, but I did all of this at like public programs and public hospitals, yeah. mm-hmm. and I still racked up a ton of medical right. debt. Even yeah. even
1: public health care is not, not free. free.
0: No. <laughs> and I got, I had, um, I had some connections in the city to people who were older and more connected than I was, and we did a lot of research, and I picked this big leading oncologist at NYU to be my, like lead to lead my um, sort of team. Mm -hmm. And I was paying out of pocket for her just every time I saw her. And I was trying to see her very limited. So I just would pay like $600 every time I saw her. $600 I did not have, Right as as a a nanny and teacher. A (laughs) A nanny and a teacher, yeah. (laughs) But, and I was teaching second grade at this time. And so anyways, I do all of that and we come up with a plan. We're gonna do a lumpectomy, a course of chemotherapy and a course of radiation, which is pretty standard.
1: Mm-hmm. So so that's surgery to remove the lump. Mm-hmm. and then chemotherapy and radiation. Yeah, mm-hmm. but,
0: and I had actually wanted a bilateral mastectomy to start, which is just to remove everything. And they had said,'re too. Really, extreme. It's too extreme. They're like you're you're overreacting. You're young, you're healthy.'re it's very contained, we believe. Just remove the lump. It's a much easier surgery. Um, you're going to be back on your feet. You're going to feel more like yourself for your psychological health. We think you should not do that. Yeah. And so I listened. And they, they yeah. didn't see any evidence of like it having spread to like the N- lymph or anything like that? Well, they did, but not yet. Mm. So the first step up is surgery. So we do a surgery. They do a lumpectomy to remove the um, lump and the tumor. And as you mentioned, they check your lymph nodes. Mm-hmm. So the lymph nodes under your arms are like the closest thing to your breast uh, where cancer would travel through those to go elsewhere and my sentinel, sentinel node which is like the leader the mm-hmm. line leader basically yeah. did have cancer cells in it mm-hmm. so then they pulled 10 more lymph nodes mm-hmm. and um, they didn't see any of those in the or so they send those off to a lab mm-hmm. um and so then you leave there, you have a drain for a while, you have a little surgical bra. Um, mm-hmm. The additional nodes had no other cancer, so they believe it was spreading, but it stopped right at that first lymph node. Mm-hmm. Um, they thought they got all of the tumor, it was really clean. And eventually, you heal from surgery, the drain comes out, and like you're kind of like good to go. Mm-hmm. But They're not going to trust that, right? They're going to take out the insurance policy of chemotherapy. Mm -hmm. And so the chemotherapy that I did at the time was ACT Mm -hmm. um, plus Herceptin. Mm -hmm. So my cancer is HER2 positive, um, which is like a growth hormone, actually not familiar. But it's not estrogen and progesterone positive. So you can get it through those hormones. But mine was HER2 positive. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was like a two centimeter and it was like stage 2B. So it's like a big tumor and a fairly aggressive cancer. Um, So then they do chemotherapy. They don't do this chemo anymore. Yeah. Because it is absolutely brutal and it's not very... The kind of chemo I did is not very sophisticated. It's just like, let's kill everything. Like brute yeah. force. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. It's like, let's wash out your system of all fast-growing cells, and it is um unbelievably hard. Were there yeah. other options or no. was, this not was just I think my doctor. So I had a couple of oncologists. I had my big, sort of oncologist who was more like a research doctor and then I had my treating oncologist who was the person I was seeing every other week Mm. Um, and they prescribed this like four month dose of chemotherapy and it was basically I think they were a little bit scared because I was 24 25 now at this time
1: yeah
0: like when you have a 25 year old patient you're like that's a lot of life left to go right Let's, got,
1: g- let's get rid of this. Yeah. Okay. So they prescribed you the like brute force chemotherapy, really
0: tough chemo. Um,
1: what was that like? And then, I mean, it was okay. Yeah. It
0: wasn't good.
1: Yeah. No, no. Of course, it wasn't good.
0: <laughs> it wasn't good. It was like psychologically hard to get sicker. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I was a healthy twenty-five year old, and then mm-hmm. to like get sicker every week.
1: Right. Yeah. Sucked. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I know. It did. Yeah. Yeah. But what are you going to do? You're right. just going to man up and do it. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And so what was what was life like at this point? I mean, you you uh you were working, but I was working. You know, I was
0: teaching. Yeah, but I, I was like missing a day or two a week. Yeah. Oh my god! I can't believe that you were still going to class. I know, that's I know. <laughs> you, who are you? I don't know. Oh, superwoman. <laughs> like in between, like not you're like teaching a lesson. You're, like excuse me, let me just excuse myself to go. You know. I mean, yeah, but you do all sorts of crazy stuff because yeah. you think you need to, and maybe teaching did help me in some yeah. ways, if like psychological a, ways. Yeah, yeah like some sense of purpose and normalcy other than like being a cancer patient Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but also i did crazy things like my friends came to visit and i was like so sick from chemo i couldn't really like get out of bed or Mm -hmm. off the sofa and i was like but i have to buy christmas presents for everyone can you guys go here and buy this and here and buy this shop for Christmas presents oh for all my, my friends God. because online I felt shopping like I <laughs> needed to give them Christmas presents.
1: You're so cute, Rachel. But
0: like, when I look back, I'm like, what were what oh. they what what doing? What? Why was I buying Christmas
1: presents for people? No one needs anything. Oh. What's wrong with me? It's, that, <laughs> it, it's such a testament to your like optimism yeah. at that at that time you're like this is the, uh, this is not something that i'm going to be dealing with forever yeah like, yeah fuck cancer people are still getting christmas presents people yeah. are still
0: getting christmas presents yeah. i know um, um
1: and yeah. you you had you had a party to shave your oh, head oh i had
0: a party to shave my head oh my which gosh. was so I mean, I think it's a pretty good idea because it's gonna be like a terrible out-of-body experience, kind of, whether you do it alone or with a bunch of people. But if, at least if it's with a bunch of people, you can kind of like distract yourself, yeah. right? Yeah. Rachel actually sent us this video before the podcast, and Zach and I were watching it, and I was just a puddle <laughs> of tears. Oh! I just, <laughs> I just. <laughs> watching you just like take control of the situation like Me I too. know of patients doing that but just to see you doing it and having a smile on your face if you cry just... I'm gonna cry we're just sitting on the cry couch area <laughs> <laughs> just a puddle over here but like what was that like it was very it early was, on in your treatment it was early on it was only a couple weeks in but I noticed my part was getting like bigger and oh. bigger oh, yeah. It wasn't falling out in chunks, but like my part got wider and wider. So I was like, we got to shave it before it just looks terrible. But we made this grave mistake. So I shaved it. My friend Luke shaved it. For Try Guys fans out there, Luke <laughs> is the guy who came and did the old age suits from MIT because yeah. he's an MIT writer. <laughs> and he's been my friend for the last like 20 years. Wow. Um, and he shaved his head. And the mistake we made was the next day we all went to see Harry Potter. And Luke and I are sitting in the theater and we're watching and we're like, oh. Do we look like Voldemort? No. <laughs> we do, yeah. We look just like Voldemort. What were we thinking? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was a weird. Uh, and then, of course, whenever you walk outside, you're like, oh, everyone knows I'm a cancer patient. They don't because people shave yeah. their heads for whatever reason. Right. Right. But you think that. Yeah. Right. You're like, I remember getting in a cab to go to school the Monday after I shaved my head. And the guy was talking to me. And I was like, he knows. He <laughs> must know. I was wearing a hat. How would he who how would he know? Yeah. And what would he care? Yeah. I mean, you know, other than on a basic human level. What would he like,
1: how would he know? No, right. it's like
0: all in all in your own head. I know. It
1: becomes such a part of your like being at that yeah. point. Yeah. That yeah. you you know, especially when it's so obvious to you mm-hmm. and you're like yeah. walking around in your You like,
0: can't think about anything else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But people are mostly thinking about themselves. Oh, yeah. 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 Which is a good thing when you want to be like a little more anonymous. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> wow.
1: Uh, so four?
0: Four months of chemo and then 30 treatments of radiation, which is only like a month because it's every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's pretty standard. Yeah. Actually, when I first became Hemonc certified, I was shocked to learn that a lot of the times with pediatric leukemia and lymphomas, they'll be treated for three years. And, oh, like, wow. a lot of the kids that we see are barely even three sometimes. So, yeah. like, that's like they just got Most to this world. Life. And yeah. yeah, you kind of build the relationship with these families and stuff. And having to talk about another thing that I was shocked to hear was when I first became working in that field was a lot of the times, if you have like a 16 or like 11 year old boy, you have to talk to them about family planning and sperm banking. Of
1: course. Yeah. yeah.
0: Just oh. because of some of the th- chemotherapeutics that they use can yeah. make them. Infertile. I mean, this is what happened to well, you. they wanted, they wanted to start my chemo on a certain cycle. Mm-hmm. Do they talk? Yeah. They and talk? they were like, well, do you, or do you not want to
1: freeze your eggs? And, at that point, it was out of pocket. Ugh. Wow, and had you even considered this at this point? You were like, you know, I know that children are a huge part of your life. You're a nanny, you're a teacher, yeah. and you knew that you wanted kids. I knew kids. that I wanted kids,
0: and basically, um, they were like, okay, you can have one more period cycle before we start chemo, and on that cycle, you can you can freeze your eggs if you want, but it's gonna be $16,000 out oh, of pocket, on top of everything else Plus that you're an additional through. like 3,000 per year to store them. I'm 25. I've been a nanny. I don't have $16,000. And I don't, like, my parents don't have $16,000. I just paid, like, five grand out of pocket for the genetic testing to figure out if I was BRCA positive or negative. Uh That's also out of pocket. I'm BRCA negative and P53 negative. Uh Um, So I don't have the genetic mutations. But I was like, I can't do this. And so sweet. My college guy friends got together, and they each donated, like, $500 into a pool oh, of money for and your I was eggs? for my eggs and I was like these are 25 year old boys and they are all working like as assistants at a marine biology center as teaching assistant like none of us have money
1: the people just came out of the
0: woodwork they did but i sent them i sent all the money back because i eventually so as fate and your body would have it happy international women's day my period started very early because i was so stressed yeah and they were like you have to you have to freeze them now on this cycle. We're not going to wait a whole nother month to uh-huh. start chemo. And I just panicked. I like sat comatose on a sofa for like three days. That's and a was lot like, of information to process. Yeah. I like, oh, yes. was like, I don't have the money. I don't know what to do. Also, they pump you full of hormones to pull your eggs. And my mm-hmm. oncologist was like, I don't really want you doing it, but I want kids. Mm-hmm, kids are important right. to me. And I just sat there. Staring, And I had been nannying Nico for two years, and he is the most darling child. Now he's 14, so he's very big. But he was so important to me at that time that I eventually came to the conclusion that my love for Nico proved that I could adopt. Like, he was so my own. I, in fact, often would comment like, oh, he got that from me because he (laughs) would behave like me. I was just his nanny. He was so important to me and is um that i was like okay i'll just adopt if i have to yeah and i ended up not freezing them but that's a whole nother stressor yeah. of like right. having cancer as a yes. Yeah. and a you knew you wanted kids like can you I imagine do. having this conversation and not have ever With thought an about a 11 year old boy yeah or like a 16 year old boy you yeah. know it's a lot or a girl yes. or a, you know right. yeah right. yeah it's a lot it is a lot a lot to consider and i did lose my period during chemo yeah, yeah. um and, and encountered like early menopause like hot flashes and stuff right but, yeah. right
1: like your body basically went through a mm-hmm. like a menopausal yeah
0: yeah the try guys at one point were like let's do try guys try menopause i was like <laughs> no it's not funny it's you not- the title is funny but like what will make you do it's not like labor like where no. we can make you like experience right. some pain you're just oh, yeah. sitting on the couch
1: and like you're just
0: like watching my mom go through that yeah. oh no She was a little mess. Really? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) She was a little mess. My mom called them the
1: vapors. (laughs) The vapors.
0: Your mom is sort of southern at heart. She oh she absolutely the vapors the vapors. Vapors. I
1: I, I was she was uh, the other day. She was sort of sitting on the couch and she was like taking off her shirt. She was like oh god I I can't tell if I'm getting the vapors or if I'm just warm. (laughs) (laughs) Should be (laughs) fun. Isn't that what the vapors vapors are?
0: are? So okay. So, I do the radiation. We do the damn thing. I Mm -hmm. do a year of Herceptin. I had a metaport put in. I have the metaport taken out. Yeah. What's that? So, a metaport is when they basically put like a permanent line. And just because when you're getting chemotherapeutics, they're very, not all of them can go through the vein. And if they Mm -hmm. were to dislodge or go into your Uh skin tissue
1: there, you kill it, it could become necrotic. Like it could be it wow. could you could get a burn. So it's basically like a pick line that goes straight to yeah. wherever Like and into your it arteries. And
0: I couldn't ever have chemo in my and I pick. still don't get stuck in my um right arm because of my lymph node removal. Yeah. And so I can only do the left arm and I have teeny tiny veins. Yeah. I did two chemos um without it, and I could feel it traveling, I could feel it burning its oh. way up and into my veins. And they were like, that's not good. Yeah. <laughs> and it has to be internalized usually for cancer patients, oncology patients, mm-hmm. because they yeah. are, when you get chemotherapy your a white blood cell counts drop, which means like if you were to have an externalized, any sort of central line, that it's more risk for an infection. Whereas when you're getting chemotherapy, it's just accessed. And then when you're finished,
1: you take it out and like you can swim, so you can take a bath.
0: felt like a hard thing under my skin and they would still puncture the skin to do a blood draw or give me chemo or whatever, right. but it would click into something right under it. Yep. Interesting. It's like a little button. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I. I highly recommend it. <laughs> I really do. Yeah. It, it's uh, I think you're like, oh, I don't want to put something in my body that makes me more of a cancer patient. Yeah. But it really solves things. Yeah. And like you can hide it like you can still swim and stuff. Some people I have... don't even see the scar. Like yeah. I was just thinking about this and recounting that I wore a wedding dress that showed it. Because, really? Yeah. Because I don't see it. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't occur to me on certain people depending on where they place it
1: some mm-hmm. people's are really like it sh- looks yeah, I like mean, a little you can see mine oh yeah but i just it doesn't bother me no that's such a, yeah. a testament to yeah, how s- just how strong you are <laughs> that like you're like this is this is a scar that i have from this experience yeah. and yeah. this is me yeah
0: it is. i don't know i i don't look in the mirror and think
1: oh that fucking scar yeah, I think a
0: lot of other unkind things about my body, but it's <laughs> sure. not that. But, but it's more you, like, ah, uh, I stopped moving during quarantine, and that did not do great things for me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, like it just proves that you were no longer a cancer patient, right? Yeah. So I had it taken out, and so then
0: my oncologist ordered a mammogram. We did them; um, they came back clean, and I was like, I want an MRI. Yeah, I'm 26 at this point now. Mm-hmm. Mammograms have never, they were not yeah. designed for 20 year olds. Yeah. I have these giant boobs and I just, I would feel better with an MRI. You were trying to kill cancer cells that may have traveled. I want an MRI. And she told me no. She told me no something like six times. And then the oncologist under her also told me no. So I went to my surgeon's office. And I cried like a baby. I threw over a chair. I walked into her office and I threw down this chair and I was sobbing. And I was like, I want a scan. Mm -hmm. And my surgeon very politely explained to me that insurance wouldn't approve it. And I was like, I don't give a fuck. And honestly, I had no thought that they would find cancer. I just thought a mammogram was shoddy work. Mm
1: -hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so I like threw down this chair and I slammed her door and I acted like a child. And she was like, okay, I'm gonna order it for your psychological health.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay, Okay. whatever it takes, insurance. Um,
0: So they order it, I do it. They call me at school one day. They're like, we found this tiny thing. This is why we don't order MRIs. It picks up every little thing and now you're gonna go into a tailspin, but don't do it. It's gonna be fine, come in and get a biopsy. (laughs)
1: but also just the fact that you like that you understood what was happening with your body so completely that you were the one who had to say you know you found this before this like mammograms were not enough previously give me the mri yeah Yeah. and that finally someone listened to me of course they biopsy it
0: and it's cancer (laughs) oh my god (laughs) And is it new cancer that grew during treatment? Is it cancer that survived the chemo and radiation? It's in the same breast in a slightly different location. Is it cancer that they missed on all of their scans? Because I was in these public hospitals that were overwhelmed going to clinics. Mm -hmm. They missed it. It grew. It survived. No one knows. It was much smaller than the first. So it wasn't palpable. Mm -hmm. But there it was. Mm hmm. And at this point I have less options mm-hmm. because at this point I've done a lifetime dose of radiation, mm-hmm. a lifetime dose of ACD, and mm-hmm. I'm just like stuck.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what do you- what And do I'm you so mad them? at them. Yeah,
0: because like what you, what your fear was in getting the MRI has proved that you were correct. And, yeah. this, and this is like one right. of those and situations- And I don't even think I thought that was gonna
1: happen. Yeah. I just knew. That a mammogram wasn't made for me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, from the beginning, you like you were outside of the normal bounds of, yeah. of like of of a cancer treatment. You know, yeah. you're young, mm-hmm. you, like the, and everybody and is saying negative, and yeah. they just they don't know what to do. Yeah, you've just had like
0: at this point, you've had to advocate for yourself almost yeah. constantly, like from getting a diagnosis to Every- getting treated. To following and up, and my big oncologist, like the head oncologist, said the shittiest thing to me anyone could say. She called me after it was positive, and she was like, "Well, you know, catching it now versus catching it on a scan later doesn't really affect your survivability." What? What? I I never saw her again after that. But wow. she was like, "The numbers don't change. We would have done a scan in six months, and it doesn't actually change." I was like. Excuse me. Are you just just trying to make
1: herself? Yeah. Is that just her saying
0: I was right? Uh, Yeah. That's her saying I was right, and the data doesn't change. But I like at this point, my college boyfriend has plans to go to graduate school in a different state. I had like was thinking about quitting my job and my hard-earned health insurance. I was going to move. Like I'm a person who has like a life, Mm -hmm. right? That she wasn't taking into consideration at all. Mm-hmm. I never. I I I broke up with her on that phone call and was like, I will not be seeing you again.
1: Yeah. Right. Um, Good for you. Also, you know, just like, <laughs> it, it, I mean, I find it difficult to have confrontational conversations yeah. oh, uh, 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 but with anybody, and and here oh you are having gosh. like one of the most difficult conversations yeah. of probably your life, yeah. and and standing up for yourself and saying like. You cannot speak to me like that. No, I will not accept that kind no. of treatment from my care provider. Yeah, and
0: she—I don't. She didn't take tons of patients because she was like head of the department, like rock star oncologist. Maybe she had been working with numbers and not people for too yeah. long, and she sure. gave like a lot of talks and stuff. And I'm—I think she's very intelligent, but I was just like, oh. Oh no. Yeah. yeah. We're
1: done. Oh no. Yeah, like I am a human being. Yeah. And I you yeah. need to treat me as one. Yeah, I don't care about your ego. No, <laughs> is- but it's so crazy how
0: much you have to like just stand up for yourself in the clinic setting, like in the free setting, in the like I'm paying hand and foot setting, in the yeah. private setting, mm-hmm. like all the time. You're the keeper of your of yeah. your of your health yep. like it's just you no one else lives in your body but you right yeah
1: all right i know, I know. <laughs> and so
0: then we did round and two we, uh.
1: and and round two i mean this this must have been completely different yeah.
0: yes so now i get to have the bilateral mastectomy the thing i wanted from the start <laughs> but they is still... where we're back at yeah. so that's removing both breasts all the tissue the whole nine yards um did you ever consider
1: not doing that? No, yeah.
0: I. Well, here's the thing. Actually, I did. In the very first conversation with my surgeon when she gave me the news of the biopsy, I was like, "I want another lumpectomy." And she was like, "We can't. Yeah, mm-hmm. we've radiated this breast. It's not going to hold up. The tissue's not going to hold up. Once we take, once we do surgery on it, it's going to fall apart. It's uh-huh. like it's not sustainable. You, you don't have an option. Mm-hmm. Wow. She's like, "We don't have to take both breasts, but why would you?" do this big surgery and not take both mm-hmm. um and i briefly asked someone if i could still breastfeed out of one boob Aww. and they were like no girl <laughs> it's, right. that's not really how it works yeah. oh, gosh. <laughs> so we did a bilateral mastectomy where we take both boobs and um at First, I was like I don't want boobs just no implants just flat yeah and my very sweet surgeon who was this really cute Korean woman who wore all of these emeralds and diamonds all over her hands and ears into surgery all the time (laughs) she was the most bedazzled person I had ever met Uh she's very fancy so I had two surgeons for that like my breast surgeon and then my plastic surgeon Uh Um, Uh she was like nothing's gonna fit you'll never wear a swimsuit made for women again you're never gonna put on an evening gown or a day dress like nothing's gonna fit you are you you sure you want to like go flat chested yeah she's like i think you're gonna just think about your surgery all the time and i was like okay fair enough how small can we go Uh and she's like okay i'll go as small as possible i'll leave your nipples in like a normal place (laughs) so you look normal
1: (laughs) what (laughs) what Well, I hope you would. <laughs> but they what take the your nipples. You a call. lot of times,
0: they take your nipples, but okay. they're like, you're really young. You want to save your nipples. We'll right. leave them in a normal place. But so if you have really big boobs and you want to go really tiny, your nipples would then move to a really tiny. They would like move too far. They'd go right, really they far go really far down or, oh, or up. Okay. And so she was like, "We'll give you as small of a chest as we can while leaving your nipples in a normal place." And I was like, "Okay, that sounds good." And I think it was good, good compromise. <laughs> I think it was good advice because it was like, I looked as much like a regular human being afterward as possible. I didn't. And I appreciate that now years later. Yeah. Right. And honestly, to be frank, they look very good. (laughs) <laughs> Everyone's very impressed. When I was in the hospital yeah. giving birth, the nurse came up to me and she was like, I heard you were a cancer patient and your boobs are fake. Is that true? And I was like, Yes. And she was like, oh, My colleague just got diagnosed with breast cancer and she has to come see. I told her they're the best ones I've ever seen. And I was like, Bring her in. You're like, Thank you. Yes, please. Oh, they're God. very, you don't, the scars are underneath. I have a lumpectomy scar here, but the scars are underneath. Uh-huh. And the nipples are regular, and they look really real, and I don't even have to wear a bra. Wow. Like wow. that. Love it. They're pretty good. <laughs> yeah. um, They're very convincing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> so you you got a complete mastectomy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I got a complete mastectomy. Um, they do a thing where they just put safe space savers in at first. So mm-hmm. they remove all the tissue. They put like a little balloon in there, basically. Just to hold. Um, And this is so weird. This is so sci-fi. It's like deflated when you first go out of surgery. And I had three drains. So Uh drains coming out of your body. So your body learns to process all the fluids again. The drains come out. And then you go in and they pump up the The space (laughs) savers. My college boyfriend watched it and he was like, whoa that's cool. <laughs> I was like, it's wild. And they like increase the space that like your muscles can handle a little bit at a time over the course Float. of the summer. Interesting. And they don't do a reconstruction surgery where they give you your silicone implants mm-hmm. until after chemo is done because you're so vulnerable during chemo. Mm-hmm. Wow. So I had to do chemo again. Um, I know. And this time they didn't know what to do. Like I'm really young. I did the really intense chemo. No one knows what to do. So my people at NYU outlined a course of like pretty experimental chemotherapy. And I took that information. I went up to Dana Farber in Boston and got a second opinion from their head of like oncology. Mm -hmm. And they like gave their notes and like then I took that information, came back down to New York to NYU, and between the two, we
1: negotiated like a pretty experimental course of like four to six drugs. Wow. I am I'm still just floored by how involved you are in your care. In your care. Yeah. Thank
0: God teachers have summers off because I needed the time to do this chemo yeah. just- and like figure it out. Yeah. No one... I think we think our doctors will be like, oh, here's what you should do and here's how you should do it. And let me know how you're feeling because I'm going to take care of you. But doctors have 65 of you or whatever.
1: Yeah, like, and so you have to do it. Yeah. And doctors are humans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Doctors have you know lives of their own. They could mm-hmm. be they could have just gotten off a, a phone call with one of their kids, and now they're you know he, here they are talking to you, but they're thinking about something completely different. Or yeah, and yeah. I really think, other than the person I
0: dumped, I really think my doctors cared for me deeply. But mm-hmm. I also needed other yeah. people's opinions. Yeah, you know, for sure.
1: mm-hmm. you had to
0: you had to be there for yourself, yeah, yeah, and your experience is so unique to something someone else will go through and mm-hmm. like getting all the information is only empowering to you. So getting a second opinion, yeah and formulating oh. your plan from there. I did this really smart thing that I would highly recommend anyone listening who is starting out on any kind of medical journey do, which is that I had a moleskin notebook. I don't know if anyone like you does this, and I always brought someone to an appointment with me. One of my friends, all of my friends were very young. We had not important jobs. We had no money, and they would... Literally drop everything to take the bus from Boston down to come to a very normal appointment <laughs> with me Aww. so that I didn't have to go alone. My best friend Shady came down from Boston just to go to an MRI with me, and I'll never forget it. I got out of the MRI. I'm crying for no reason at all. MRIs don't hurt, they're totally fine. I know, but they're, they're we're a little going scary, they're like, loud. Like, but you're, you're in like scared a cave you know yeah you're just a scared person in life right yeah. like you're it's like really oh i have cancer in, in my there. body i'm really scared and came out and she's holding two individual bags of doritos from the Yay. vending machine <laughs> and i was like i love you thank you <laughs> blue and red blue and red of course okay. um but i at every appointment i had someone with me every single time and i had them write down in this one notebook everything the doctors were saying every drug Mm -hmm. uh, the course uh, like what sort of time frame and I had them write it down because when you're receiving all of this information as the patient it's washing over you and you are kind of blacking out because Mm -hmm. you're so overcome with like emotion that Mm -hmm. you can't focus on it and you can't remember and also you have like chemo fog on your brain so you don't you're not thinking straight. And we taped every doctor's card in there and every nurse's card in there. I still have this book. Mm-hmm. But so that I knew, so I had written down what the drugs were, what the side effects were, who was administering them, w- w- their cards, their fax numbers, everything in one location, not on a phone, mm-hmm. in a physical notebook. Yeah, Highly recommend. That's yeah. very smart.
1: Because then you can go, yeah, because there's definitely that like and if you have amnesia questions. from, yes. you know, from being in a, I, I even get that, mm-hmm. from just like going to a doctor's appointment and I and I think they said something that they didn't actually say. Yeah. Like Ned and I will be like, no, actually, they said we could start feeding them in, you know, we could start sleep training at six months. And I was like, no, they definitely said four months. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you never. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: and with, so I always brought someone with me, I would hand them the pen and the notebook and they would write, it'd be your medical scribe. <laughs> yes, exactly, <laughs> you need a medical scribe. <laughs> Oh so God, then I awesome. did this experimental chemo, and, ex- and it was it was crazy. I fully believe I was allergic to two of the drugs. Really? Yeah. I just kept landing in the ER mm. over and over again for weeks at a time with, like, a fever of, like, 105, 106, a heart rate of, like, 130. I was, like, turning beet red, and I just thought I was – they would do spinal taps. They thought I had, like, contracted infections through my metaport or, like – Maybe i gotten bitten by, like, I had gone out to Fire Island at one point, and maybe i gotten bitten by something. I had Lyme disease or got huh? like what? an infection because my heart rate and my temperature, um, temperature were just so high for no explainable reason. Yeah. But I fully think I was just allergic to several of the drugs. So we huh. were like messing with the chemo cocktail all summer long.
1: Yeah. You have gone through many lifetimes <laughs> so I know. at this point. Uh, so many lifetimes, yeah. yeah. Just it, like, Nets. in terms of the experience that you had as a twenty-something,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? I mean, my <laughs> twenties were wild. Yeah. Yeah. you're just yeah. beginning. Yeah. How they were wild for most <laughs> of That was just a you. start.
0: You I know. know. I was like an old Being woman in my twenties. <laughs> but uh, so I did it. It was hard. It was not. It was not a good time. It wasn't as hard as the ACT in some ways but yeah. it was not easy and we were constantly tweaking it and basically it's hard to look at your doctors and have them be like that this is what we think would be best yeah. but there is no protocol for yeah. this because you know, like, it's like a made up protocol mhm and it's wow. experimental yeah at this point yeah that's hard it is it's hard i think it's really hard when there aren't easy Medical answers. Mm-hmm. Things. They can try and standardize as much as possible, but some things you kind of have to. And lots of yeah. people have like ongoing chronic things that don't have names. Yeah, that is so shocking to me. Not cancer, but like. I had friends simultaneously, to me, go through things that are like a variation of like Crohn's disease, or maybe they had a parasite, but they had ongoing mm-hmm. chronic conditions that really just didn't have a name or an
1: answer mm-hmm. or a
0: treatment plan, obviously. Right. And I found just that something to be was so wrong.
1: hard for people. Yeah. Wow. And yeah. so when did you come out the other side? <laughs> and then what next? What, you know, what, what like? What was follow up like? What was? Yeah,
0: so ended that did the reconstruction surgery, and then basically after that, I see an oncologist every six months, uh, get scans every couple years, and see a surgeon once a year, and that is that. I did a year of Herceptin after that, which is the antibody therapy, so Mm -hmm. I kept my port for that until it was done, and then I had it removed. Um, And I am due now to enter some new clinical trials which are basically just genetic paneling on myself oh. to look at different things i've done it a couple of times since then this has been 10 years going on 11 years wow. since i was first diagnosed um and they've never found a genetic link but every few years my surgeon my oncologist here in la mm-hmm. pop up and are like hey would you like to do another genetic panel and i always say yes because it's That's mostly awesome. just
1: survey and blood work right um and i just i just realized that many of the doctors that you were talking about uh correct me if i'm wrong were female almost all my doctors were female mm. i actually do have a male
0: oncologist here in la and i like him a lot he's never been my treating oncologist mm. but i was very clear that my whole team in new york when i was being treated be female and they were really
1: why mm-hmm. Was that just something that that you felt strongly about that you wanted to
0: be? And it was easy, um, but like I just sort of felt like men can get breast cancer and they can do it, but women mostly get breast cancer, and I just felt strongly that I wanted wanted to be in a community
1: of people of
0: women, yeah, and of women who. Whose mothers, whose sisters, whose aunts, whose you know have had it? Yeah, yeah. I, I think there's a difference, yeah. and, and there's it, certain
1: things you like don't have to explain, right? You know, mm. yeah. And cancer is such an emotional um, situation that, mm-hmm. like, you know, having a surgeon who would be like, "No, I actually think that that you will want this later." Yeah, you yeah. know, like, yeah. And I'm sure there are many
0: excellent Absolutely. male oncologist out there I have one here in Los Angeles who I really like a lot and actually I'll say this the first time I met with him my oncologist here in LA who just monitors me you know uh, and orders scans he's never treated me but he and I sat down for the first time for me to sort of go through all of this with him I gotten all my records for him when I moved here and he goes do you know what would happen if you got cancer again and of mm-hmm. course I was like no (laughs) you know I was like on the brink of tears immediately and he goes okay well I do and it's not anything you've done before because what you did we don't give to people anymore Mm -hmm. like we've moved beyond that 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 was fairly unsophisticated albeit effective medicine Mm -hmm. what we would do now would be much easier and we could treat you through being pregnant we could treat you through having young children so don't worry I know what we would do and I was like okay I love Wow. wow i love him he's yeah. at ucla i was like okay i i feel better that yeah. is excellent care it is that's it's great. really excellent care so i mean i'm not planning on anything but i would i don't need to switch him to a female because he's <laughs> a very excellent
1: doctor <laughs> i mean just just the fact that he took something that you weren't even thinking yeah. about and well se- and, and that's like everyone's greatest fear your, yeah yeah it's getting it again. Yeah. I don't think I've
0: ever told anyone this. But during my first round of chemo, I sat down with my best friend, Shady, and I told her out loud, I was like, if I get it again, I'm not going to treat it. Oh, wow. Of course, I did get it again and I did treat it, but yeah. I was just so When you're down. going through the first cycle of it and that intense of it, like- you're just like, okay, well, if my body wants to kill me, then my body can kill me because I can't do this again. Yeah. yeah. And I told her that, but I obviously did not mean it. But like your greatest fear is that it'll happen again. Absolutely. And at the
1: time, you meant it. You know, at the time, yeah. you were going through this this feeling that like my, that I this is happening to me right now, and I I can't. And it's do like anything so about out of it. my control. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It sucks to feel out of control in your life. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, in addition to like truly physically feeling yeah awful <laughs> but I think the way I moved on and maybe
0: you see this with patients is I totally switched up my life post cancer mm-hmm. I like stopped dating my boyfriend of a very long time I moved to LA and started working in a different industry I stopped teaching I I re- kept all of my dearest most darling friends obviously <laughs> yeah. but like I completely blew up my life in a big way and was like, all the stuff I was doing during treatment, I'm never doing again.
1: Yeah, and that was that was a it felt, that was a choice. Yeah, you were like, I need a change. I need things yeah. to be different. I did a
0: couple of things in the meantime. Like I wrote for a year in Seattle for this company in Brooklyn, and um, I taught a little bit. But then, like at some point, I was like. I'm going to work in the film industry. I'm going to move to L.A. I'm going to be on my own for a while. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to go see a doctor for a few years. I'm just going to, like, live, and I'm going to live very differently. And I think I just needed, like, a second wind, basically. Yeah. Oh, wow. Just because, I mean, going through that, I'm sure that you realize how precious life is. And, like, I'm going to live life. I'm going to live my best life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And And, just, like, giving yourself something to look forward to is huge. Huge. And I just think starting in an industry and in a city where people didn't know that I was a cancer patient was Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. the very first film set I ever worked on was a film starring Karen Knightley called Laggies in Seattle. And I was so fresh out of treatment that um, I just had my metaport removed like the week before and it was super red. Mm -hmm. And someone was like, Oh my God, did you get stabbed? And I was like, Oh, no, I just hurt myself. And I just didn't tell anyone. Like yeah. I didn't tell anyone yeah. for a long time because I just wanted to live a life where like I wasn't a cancer patient. Mm-hmm. And was
1: that? Did that feel like a relief? Did it feel like? I just think yeah, it felt good. Yeah. And was it? W- were you able to not think about it? Yeah, I think so. I so think. you were able to to say like, "This is who I am now. I am. I am past this this situation."
0: I don't think at first, but I think eventually, like time just goes on and you just are it feels more earned. Yeah. You're just living your life. And at some point it hits you and you sit, sit back and you're like, oh yeah, right. I went through this really hard thing. Let me think about it for a minute. Let me sit in the shallow waters of like, mm. wow, that was difficult. Okay. Let me get out and like, go do my job Yeah, or have my friends or like party yeah. hard or whatever. Yeah. yeah. You know,
1: um, not everybody can sit in those shallow waters no. and, and be in that, you know that really difficult space and then just walk out of it you know that yeah. that is something that i think is unique and uh you know yeah. kind of a, a just a testament to your strength again okay. that that you are able to go back and experience that and be a witness to your yeah to to, to mean, this part of your life like once a year
0: i'll like my friends made me this lovely little book um where they all wrote letters and included Ugh. photos and stuff so like once a year i'll like look through that book reread through like the newsletter that like my boyfriend put out at the time to all of our friends and just kind of like relive it honor it and then kind of move on yeah um are I you still friends with
1: everyone with your boyfriend
0: yes he um not like good friends <laughs> you know but we are still friends. Um, he's married. He had a baby right before the girls were born, and they're due with a second very soon. Oh and gosh. his wife is lovely. I All of our friends are mutual, so I see, well, I used to see him and his wife um, like once or twice a year at weddings. Yeah. Oh. Um, We're mostly beyond that now in my friend group. It's all babies now. I, I yeah. mean... Speaking of babies. Speaking of babies. And now we have babies. And now we have babies. (laughs) But
1: that was not easy for you either.
0: No, and it's probably due to going into menopause twice. Yeah. right. Like no one knows though. It's just called unexplained infertility but like I went into menopause with both chemos and I got my period on the other side of both chemos. Mm -hmm. But chemo will normally- Take away. Yeah, it sends most women into permanent menopause early because most women who are going through chemo for breast cancer are older. They're Mm -hmm. in their 30s, 40s, 50s. So if they're not already in menopause, it makes them permanent. Yeah. yeah. And so now I have babies. And here's the thing about having babies and infertility and all of that. Once you get the babies you have, You never want any others. And I'm sure they would have been great, but I don't want those frozen eggs from when I was 25 (laughs) because they would not be June and Poppy, right? Like once you get the kids you have, you can't foresee it happening any other way because they would be different kids. For sure. So I'm glad I didn't freeze my eggs. However, I think that should be subsidized and people should be able to without any cost to them. Um, So... If you're going through that, that's certainly a viable consideration. Um, But I will say my college boyfriend was kind of the best person to be with me during that time because not only was he like interested in the science of what was happening to me and like a student of this experience we were living, but he never fell too deep into A pity party Mm -hmm. like I remember one time sitting in this hospital having to like drink this terrible drink for them to be able to like scan my whatever because like yeah I don't know I was doing some sort of fancy cat scan or whatever and an emergency came in someone had a gunshot wound or something I don't know someone had something coming in and they had to scan them before me and suddenly the drink would be outdated I had to drink it again Mm -hmm. I was like gagging every time and I just started to cry and he looks at me he's like come on Buck up, Cole. And I was like, (laughs) Buck up. Okay, no sympathy for the cancer patient drinking this terrible drink and wanting to vomit. Like, I needed him to just be like, yeah, get it together. Come on, you got this. And that was his attitude. So I think that was really good. Um, And I just think, I think what helps most is letting people vocalize their deepest fears. Oh, yeah. So like saying like, I wouldn't fight it again, even though I did and I would. Mm -hmm. Letting them talk about that and also then being able to treat them as a strong, competent human being who has a life on the other side of it. Buck Mm up. (laughs) Also, let's plan a trip to Hawaii. Also, let's talk about next Christmas. Also, like let's plan our lives for after this and you can tell me anything anytime too. You
1: know, like the duality of that. So being there, but also being being the most optimistic person and saying like, there yeah. is another side to this. For sure. Like you will be on the other side and we will go to Hawaii and mm-hmm. we will have Christmas. And that is why I'm buying you Christmas presents. Yeah, yeah.
0: I and think we, the hardest thing for me when I first started working, cause people are like, how do you do it? Yeah, how do you do I it? I think that like some of the time we have kids that are like feeling good, even though you know, like get like some of the side effects of chemo or you've had previous experience with kids with similar diagnoses i think that giving them their space to express any sort of emotion that they have if they're happy if they're sad you never want to go into a room already down you know what Mm -hmm. i mean because when i first started like i was always so sad it never gets easy watching kids go through this it never does but just going in and kind of like vibing off whatever Emotion they have that
1: day is really powerful. <laughs> yeah, it just never does. It really doesn't. No, yeah. how could it? And you're a, a like you're one of those people who I feel like really can sense what people are feeling. Oh my god. Yeah, I hate that about myself. Too. <laughs> That's,
0: <laughs> what so That's what makes you so I good. I don't, don't want to do. know. Sometimes. That's what makes oh my you gosh. so good. Gosh. Yeah, it's really hard. But mm-hmm. thank you so much, Rachel, for coming oh, to sit down thank with you. us. Like, it, for, it, you are you know, so strong for me to be able to sit down and talk to us and talk about your experience. Like some people after it like do not want to have anything to do with talking right. about
1: their story again. So you are mm-hmm. incredibly brave. I'm happy to honor you on International <laughs> Women's yes. Day. <laughs> yes. legacy. a you
0: know,
1: I, I mean, was, a legacy for for your girls too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, those two are <sighs> so lucky, they're to, so have so lucky to have like a mama as their mom. Mm, yeah,
0: I'm so lucky to have them and
1: you guys.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I know it's it's a, it's hard. It's yeah. a really hard thing, and I think people go through it a lot with their parents, especially. Yeah. And people feel so uncomfortable with their parents like not being okay. But I think as their kids, we have to like. Yeah. Or your friends or whoever you have to like listen to them in those moments. And you're right, vibe off it. of whatever yes, or, they're yeah. bringing. If they're yeah. happy, like do not go in as a pity party and make them feel worse about yeah. their yeah. chemo
1: treatment. Like do not do that. You got to yeah. stand up for them. Yeah. 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 Well. Uh, I mean, I think this was an excellent, excellent <laughs> episode to uh, to just you know honor Rachel and honor women mm-hmm. and uh, it, talk about advocating for ourselves mm-hmm. on yeah. international women's day mm-hmm. um because this you know specifically breast cancer that's something that you know many women deal with um but that mm-hmm. I, I, I hate to say that's all the time that we have yeah, that's because all the time we have for because today. the cry couch is done for now. but this is not you know this is not the end this is not this doesn't mean this is the only time that we're going to talk about this because no. yeah. i think we can talk about it again certainly right so. Because it's something that that is you know, it's a part of who who you are and it's yeah. you know it's it's something that that I think makes you as uh, wonderful as wonderful <laughs> and and as strong and as just uh, just a wonderful friend and excellent person that mm. that you are. all right. well, I love you guys. Well, we love you too. Mm-hmm. No, we'll have Becky right. back next week i'm I'm very sad that she missed this. Um, but thank you all for sitting with us today thanks guys yeah Um, we had a really really good time happy women's day happy women's day go out and uh appreciate yourselves today yeah and um and advocate for yourselves yes Yes, please in whatever if your coffee order is wrong go get it go get a different one (laughs) (laughs) and we'll talk to you next time (laughs) bye